Hi, this is Jenna. And this is Heather. And this is Conspiracies Unlocked. So Jenna, tell me about your trip you went on this past weekend. Uh, well, I went to Bakersfield, which is a shithole little place. Actually, it's a very big place in Kern County, California. And we went there so my husband could race because he drives race cars. He goes super fast in a very short quarter mile. So how long is the drive to Bakersfield from here? Um, like three hours. Oh, it's not too bad with the kids. Yeah, the kids suck. Um, but they, um, I picked them up at noon from school. And so they're like, they just had lunch and they're ready to go to sleep. But I only had two of them because Brad took the um, littlest one with him the day before and he so to get to Bakersfield you have to go through the grapevine oh yeah and because of all the winter storms in Southern California there was a major storm and snow all through the grapevine the grapevine was actually shut down Uh, Brad barely made it through he sent me pictures of it snowing and he is towing a 54 foot trailer Oh my gosh, that's With scary. With my baby. <laughs> that is so scary because of the ice on the roads and stuff. And he leaves at three in the morning to like beat all the traffic and everything. He like, his, him and his dad don't want to deal with it. So they just leave like super early and just to get out of the way. So they left and it's like so icy at that point. In fact, um, his uncle and aunt went up maybe two or three hours later than them and they got stopped. Like they oh. couldn't get through. And it was shut down, and then I went up the next day, and it was open, and there was, like, barely any snow. It was so random from being all snowy to, like, nothing. So it melted really fast then. Yeah. So, I like, it was it was just insane. The grapevine had already been closed for, like, four or five days at that point. So I think it, that it was just, like, the ass end of it. But they did go through, like, real down snow, like a snowstorm, which in Southern California is not supposed to happen. No. We are supposed <laughs> to be 72 and sunny, uh, 342 days out of the year, pretty right? much. Like, we get sprinkles, and we're like, we need a storm shelter. there's like car accidents all over the roads like every freeway shut down most people don't leave their house when it sprinkles here (laughs) there was lots of hail too though oh yeah all over no i drew i drove through the hail um me and jackie were coming back from someplace i forget where we were coming back from and we and it hailed it hailed and i was like why is it every time i'm with you it hails legit (laughs) the time before that we went to disney on ice and it hailed on the way home and then all of a sudden, like, t- like last week, we were coming back from something, and it was hailing again. And I was like, bitch, like, why is it every time I'm with you, it's freaking She's hailing. like Elsa. She brings a storm. Right? <laughs> I swear to God, I've never even seen so much hail until that, until Jackie got in the car with me. Oh, my like, God. I've never seen that much hail in San Diego ever. And suddenly, this winter, she's in the car with me every other weekend, and it's suddenly hailing everywhere <laughs> we freaking go. It, it was so freaking gnarly, though, but... um. Yeah, like, we survived it, so, you know, I'm here to tell the tale. And the race was good? The race was, like, they were able to do the race, or what um, happened with that? No, actually. So, the race was Thursday was qualifying, Friday was qualifying, Saturday was round. Um, final round was supposed to be on Sunday, and it rained all day Sunday, so we totally got rained out, and because the cars, they don't, there's no traction 
they're called slicks, the tires. Oh, okay. So they're slicks because they just, they're like smooth. There's no traction like cars that we drive. Yeah. And my husband drives dragsters, so they're the long skinny ones, and they go, um, his car goes 189, 191 miles per hour and a quarter mile in 6.89 seconds. And don't they stop with parachutes? Yeah. Oh, Brad wow. has a parachute and everything. And um, I'm his backup girl. I'm his backup babe. Aw. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's really fun. I forgot my shoes, and I swore that they were in the trailer somewhere. You forgot your shoes? Yeah, so I had to go out on the track in my, in my boots, in my, like, Uggs. And oh, wow. Well, at least you had your Uggs. Well, yeah, because that's what I drove up there. And because it's freaking, I'm going through snow. I'm not going to wear tennis shoes in the fucking snow. Yeah. So I was like, I need to wear my Uggs. And I was like, dude, I lost my shoes. Where are my shoes? But because I had... Oh, man. So when you go to the track, we're living there for like four days. It's like a little community gets together and we're all just living... Yeah. All of a sudden, like 200,000 people come together and we're all living there. And we make we build a city for like five days like a week you know there's that many people yeah on both sides because like you have the pits on one side and then uh, then the track and the other side is for um campers that are like spectators and i've never seen the um i totally forgot there would be spectators yeah it was super yeah that is so dumb to say but i never thought about it that way like i just yeah people actually go there to watch yeah no it makes sense no it makes sense but i just like (laughs) i just know your side of it so i never thought about like the spectator side yeah no it's so funny too my friend um that i grew up with he came out to a race in arizona and he was in the back with us working on the cars and whatever and he's like, dude, life back here is totally different than just being a spectator and watching the races yeah. and then eating food and then watching the races, having a beer, watching the races. He's like, this is such a different world back here. And I was like, what? Because all we do, all I do back here is watch TV in my trailer. <laughs> so our trailer. Because it's like your little house. It so is. You're just it's chilling. a home away from home. So we have, um, so I have a TV and I have a bed and a couch and the boys um, go in there and chill. They have everything they need. We have a stove. Like it's like a trailer in the front. The first, the first um, eighteen feet is my area, or twenty eight feet is my area. Nice. And then the other thirty six or thirty whatever is whatever to equal fifty four yeah. is Brad's race car and all the race car stuff. So I have a bathroom. I have everything in my end. And so when it's cold or the elements are crazy, that's what, like we just chill in the front. So the boys are getting a little bit bigger, especially Max. Like, do they try to help with, like, getting stuff ready? Oh, my gosh. So Max started to help with the car when he was probably about three. He would help push the car into the trailer, like, with the big tires that are bigger than him. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. They're huge. Yeah. And then he's helped um, take down the... Because we put up, like, um, like, it's almost like an easy up, but it's massive and, like, twice as tall and five times as long. And there's all these poles that have to be connected together. Almost like a tent type thing. Yeah. Um, and so he's always helped with that. Only this time, Jake helped. Oh, Jake The helped? little baby. Oh, my god. Yeah, gosh. Cody was, um, he was already banished to the trailer. He wouldn't let it come out because he was being a little hellion. Oh, but, yeah. But, yeah, so. Time out time. Yeah, he had to just chill until we were done. But, yeah, so it's like our little home away from home. And Max got to work on the car. He was screwing on the, um, the oil pan on the bottom this time. And he's only six. Oh, how fun. And then, That's of course, so my old, oldest one, 22-year-old Zane, is um, he works on the car. Oh, stuff, yeah. So, like, yeah. I mean, he's been around it longer than, you know, 
anybody. So yeah, yeah. So like, everybody, everyone is involved. Yeah, it's a totally family thing. Uncle, his grandfather, and well, no wait, the kid, the his dad boy's grandfather <laughs> yeah so what was the outcome of the race like, oh yeah um, so because it got rained out um brad only had to do his final round with his friend with well so our class is so amazing because a lot of classes they're comp comp they're um competitive with each other but not just like we're, we're like a fun competitive class yeah I mean, we are competitive obviously like everybody wants to win yeah but other people are like mean competitive oh yeah they're all like eh. no sportsmanship and at no, all or yeah anything. and we're like we no love unity. each other yeah we like we i like it sucks because i'll be out there trying to root for like brad because i want him to win obviously but then i'm also like oh but i want to see like danny and dustin and Matt oh win. yeah, and yeah. like the with, opponents or yeah whatever. <laughs> with a, the other guy and um yeah so it's just it's hard because so you're we like, like love each other i'm totally switzerland <laughs> yeah um so they because we got rained out him and dustin were like dude we could go race uh tomorrow which would be monday but the condition like so a lot the racers had to stay until monday oh and okay. um they finished out their race um so top fuel i think went home like we did but funny car and everybody else stay fuel double a fuel everybody else stayed to finish out the race because they don't have the camaraderie that me and yeah like that our team our class has so well, you just came to an understanding like it's too slick or it's too well they were like this like brad and dustin were like this is not a good time to race like why would we want to race in these conditions it's going to be who who gets the better lane at this point the, mm -hmm. the track is bullshit it's not about the driver it's not about the car it's about yeah. who doesn't slick the tires and fuck yeah. everything up who doesn't go up and smoke yeah who, you know and it's just at that point you might as well just flip a coin and call it a day and not break anything and then you don't want to risk your your machine like your your vehicle your car because Right? Or you like how, crash. yeah, and yeah. you can um, ruin like oh my gosh, like rods and pistons and fucking I don't even know what else, but things like rocker arms and shit and I don't know. Brad's probably gonna listen to this and be like, "You are such a dumb bitch." But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know any of the parts. Yeah, so I'm so. just like engine, parachute, wheels. Like it sounds good. <laughs> wheel like a, a helmet. steering wheel. There's helmet. a helmet. Seatbelts. There's no, seat seatbelts. Seat in fact, his arms are even seatbelted in. So oh, his arms wow. don't fly out, and like if he rolls, Damn. so yeah, he's it's super safe and everything. But yeah, does he have to wear like a fire suit? Yeah, he wears a S um S twenty, so he's like the highest fire suit because it goes yeah. by how fast you go. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't even know there was different levels. Actually, yeah, there's SF five, so it's five layers, and then it goes to SF twenty, and so he's on the top like layers of SF twenty. So he has twenty, so it's like. It's like a five pound fire suit like it's ridiculous and do you he, think you like your kids will race like when they're older like growing up there um i would imagine um zane had a race car but he um didn't he because kids can only go up to like 80 miles an hour so he was like irritated by the time he got to be like 12. oh he was yeah, like just wasn't fun anymore. I'm not, I'm, i want to go faster so he went to the desert and started to do all like desert racing stuff because you can go faster there there's not as many rules Oh, yeah, okay. The NHRA is so just, yeah. Rules. Rules, rules, rules. Rules, rules, rules. So, anyways. All right, so 
What um, did you put together for us? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get on to this, because I can just talk about racing forever, because it's been my life for the last, like, 10 years. But anyways, so this actually started as um, almost like a secret second constitution, as opposed to the real constitution that we wrote, that well, we didn't write, but you know, the, yeah, like our the, forefathers, the, actual, the, the real, real, the one that Nicolas Cage stole a national treasure, right? Oh my God, Nicolas Cage, he uh, yeah. haunts me. Nick Cage. So, um, but then it kind of transformed, the more that I looked into it, it kind of transformed into like, more about like this whole world bank, world secrets, gold, Oh. Crazy shit. So, okay. um, let me talk about Karen Hudes because she was the one that kind of brought to light a lot of things that were wrong. So, Karen Hudes was born December 20th, 1948, and she passed away October 27th, 2022. 73 years old, and it was just this past year. Wow. And I think that that's why more of this is coming out about this particular conspiracy involving the constitution and the world bank is because she died so it's finally like yeah people are like to, why like, did she wait, die how again? did she die yeah. um so from 1980 to 1985 she worked at the u.s export import bank she then became the senior counsel for the world bank from 1986 to 2007 she, so she was um the senior counsel is pretty much their in-house lawyer and was in charge of all their legal advice and questions. So most senior council members will work closely with the company's CEO as their advice is a major factor in the business's well-being and decision-making. Okay. Anytime that you see a CEO, you'll always see someone who is standing close, and that is more, that's more than an assistant or a secretary, but it's actually their counsel to make sure they're making the right decisions legally. If you watch interviews with the CEOs, you'll see their counsel close by, almost like a glorified PR, but for legal reasons. So, like, if you see some, like, mm -hmm. Joe Biden or anybody making a speech, you'll see some people behind them. Mm -hmm. And then if he says anything kind of wonky, you can, like, see them, like, give a look. Like, hey, wait, wait. Yeah. Hey, and hit yeah. him a little and be like, hey, what the fuck? Don't yeah. say that, you know? We're not talking about that wait, today. Wait, stop. Yeah, you're going to, you know implicate yourself or sure. you're saying the wrong thing. Yeah. And so that was her. Okay. Her obituary, and this is a big thing, her obituary stated that Karen was, that Karen is, okay, this is in quotes. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to read this one. Yeah. It's a lot of shit. Okay. Yeah. And this was written by her children. Um, established the Non-Governmental Organization Committee of the International Law Section of the American Bar Association and the Committee on Multilateralism and the Accountability of International Organizations of the American Branch of the International Law Association. That is a mouthful. That is exactly what I have written. So that's a mouthful of a lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm trying to like, as you're saying it, I appreciate that you're saying it kind of slow because you're like letting us take it all in. But I still don't understand what that means. Like, I don't know. What did she create? Like all sorts of shit. Yeah. Wow. That was like four or five things. Yeah. That, like she did a lot of lawyer shit. She was like, sounds like she was like one of the top. Yeah, like, and she yeah. was, um, she, she, 
Yes. A lot of organizations and committees that sound like super important to how the law we use today is handled. And I'm sure like a lot of Harvard law students and other law students use her as a reference. Sure, yeah. Um, She made an impact and changed a lot of things and added to the law. She wasn't just a lawyer doing a job, she was actually making a difference, Mm -hmm. which is so hard to find now. Um, Karen even had publications in not only the USA, but England, France, Germany, Holland, Jordan, and Yemen. Wow. She was a well-respected professional journal, professional woman until she wasn't. Mm, okay. Yeah. So she was definitely, like, up there, top tier. Seems like she had a lot of notoriety, and she really was respected in her community of, like, her profession yeah. of what she did. And people looked up to her and learned from her. And how did it just go to shit? Um, well, we'll find out. Um, <laughs> we're I mean, it that. seems like she accomplished so much. She did, and she did so much just for, um, just for the people, and just in general. Yeah. She was, like, a really, like, for the people type of person. Mm-hmm. She wasn't just trying to be, like, a shady lawyer, ambulance chaser type lawyer. Make a buck. She was, yeah. yeah, she wasn't trying to make a buck. She was trying to make a difference, make sure everybody's yeah. accountable. And she she was, was whole, held her law degree to a certain standard. Yeah. Um, in 1999, Karen Hudas noticed a discrepancy within the Philippine bank. Oh, in the Philippines? Yeah. Okay. Because she was at the World Bank. Yeah, yeah. So, so they, she has access to all of Yeah, her. she's in trouble. She's in trouble. <laughs> in charge. <laughs> she's in charge <laughs> of, like... So, yeah, the World Bank is, like, kind of in charge of, like, all the minks, I guess. Like, they're just kind of... Op- I mean, overseas. it makes sense. World, yeah. yeah. They were loaning and sending money to countries that they were not allowed to do, and they were using taxpayer monies to do so. Oh, wow. Shady. She wanted to conduct an audit. Okay. Instead of them looking into the discrepancy and conducting the audit that they should have, they placed her on probation. For bringing it to light? Mm-hmm. Oh, so they already knew about it. Yeah, and she was forced to stay silent. Oh, wow. And she would be forced to stay silent. When she went to the internal audit department, she was immediately fired. (gasps) What? Uh Uh-huh. So they fired her for doing her job? Yeah. Like, for being like, hey, dude, this this ain't right. Like, let's fix this shit. Yeah, and they could have, like, they didn't even try to, like, lie to her and say, oh, it's because of something, something, or try to... Try to cover They just immediately fired her. So, yeah, this just shows that the World Bank was in on on moving the money around and loaning it out when they were not legally allowed to. They were guilty, and she was calling them out on it, so... Yeah. She had to go. She went to the National Taxpayers Union in 2009. So, like, ten years later... She got fired in 2007, but so it was really two years later, but she was starting to bring it to light in 1999. So 10 years after she started to be like, hey guys, hey guys, hey guys. Okay. Maybe she she wanted more evidence or something before she brought it forward. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. no, maybe. Um, So she went to the National Taxpayers Union and um, she obviously never got her job or career back. And she never got her reputation back. She couldn't even start her own law firm in, like, a lower capacity and, like, become an... an uh, no, like because an, she had already been... She had already... Like, her name was already drunk through oh, the mud at this point. Wow. She was involved and helped to start the Whistleblower Protection Act. 
that was signed into law as of November 2012. So with a name like that, and you're the one that started that, you can't, like... So she's the reason why we have that. Yeah, and the Whistle Protection Act means that if someone sees something wrong, they can report it without being singled out or fired over it. Okay. Honestly, though, that's kind of silly, right? Because even if you aren't fired over it, I'm sure you're not going to be making any friends. So you go whistleblow on your fucking employer and what, you're going to just keep your job? You're going to make some enemies and they're going to make it so rough for you to work there that you're you're going to be forced to quit, right? I feel like if you were a whistleblower, it's, it's not even like that job that you would probably want to protect because you probably wouldn't even, depending on what you were reporting, you maybe wouldn't even want to work there because it might go against like, your values or something, but it doesn't tarnish your name where you can still work in the industry or something because they can't look down on you because oh, you're a whistleblower. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but maybe you don't want to work for that company anymore because you're like, well, this is, why would I want to work here anyway? Like, you guys have no integrity yeah. or you guys are going against the law or like whatever the problem was, you I know? I guess, but it just, it seems like the Whistleblower Protection Act is just kind of like or maybe like, they got to keep you just, anonymous somehow. I don't think they can because it's all over the news. Yeah, like, no, whistleblower, blah, yeah. John Smith. Da, da, yeah. Da, da. yeah, I don't know. I think it's just supposed to protect your re- reputation, but I don't know. But I don't think it does. Whenever the news and media gets involved, you're already fucked. I mean, at so. least she was doing something to try to protect people who wanted to, you know, um, speak out about things that were not right and, you know. So, I mean, yeah, she was trying to make a difference still, even after all that. Yeah, and she did. Um, she did make a difference, and she did. She was she was trying to do something. So, so that's a little about Karen Hughes. Um, Hughes. I keep saying, like, when I was typing this, I was like, Hughes? But oh, it's Hughes. 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 But what was she whistleblowing? What did she know that the World Bank didn't want the rest of the world to know? The fact that on February 21st, here's your history lesson, Uh 1871, under President Grant, the Reorganization Act of 1871 was signed. United States of America was basically bankrupt after the American Civil War. Okay. Because obviously the Americans are fighting on each other. Like, what money are they using? It's just all our own mm-hmm. money, right? Yeah, so we, we went broke on a war that we probably didn't even really... Well, we did. Well, we, uh, that was, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. But so anyways, yeah. so Grant signed in the new act of 1871, pretty much restructuring the original constitution. Oh, wait, what? Restructuring the original constitution? Yeah. In what year? 1871? There you go. Whoa, that doesn't seem right. So, yeah. I've never heard about that before. That's 150 something years ago. 152 years ago. They don't teach you that in school. Not for us, maybe other countries. And so, this act made the United States of America to be structured as a foreign owned corporation and was called the United States. Oh, so prior to this, we were not the United States? We are the United States of America. And prior to this, that's what we were. And then afterwards, it made it where it was a it was structured like a foreign owned corporation as the United States, and like that's it. Like that is the name of the corporation. Yeah. So they um, they changed the wording in the Constitution from the Constitution 
for the United States to the Constitution of the United States. And that may seem like a small little nothing word. However, this wording would forever change how the United States would be financially structured. The change of this simple word made it so the Constitution was the property of the government as a corporation instead of being owned by and for the people. What? Huh, crazy? Yeah, I thought, yeah, I've never heard this. This is so mind-blowing because it's supposed to be for the people. Yeah, but it's not. It's of, it's of the people instead of for the people. Now. Okay, let's continue. We need. I need to know more about this. I'm. I'm kind of dumbfounded. I'm kind of just making like my mouth is just gaping open. I'm like, uh, what does this what actually do, what, mean? How do I react like, to this? I don't even know. I'm still trying to process it. And so this meant that the U.S. government turned into a commercial contractive company. If, so if you're a company in the U.S., you have a TIN number. It's a tax identification number. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a social security number, but it's for your business. And then you'll also have a business credit store, score with a Dun & Bradstreet, otherwise known as a Dun's number. And if you do anything with the government, you have to have a Dun's number. Okay. You have to have an NAICS number as well as a Dun's number. If you want anything, any contracts with the government. Um, And I just know that from the machine shop because we do do government contracts. So I looked up the Supreme Court and they have a Dunn's number. I started to like look it up online because you can look up any any company you want online and you can find their Dunn's number. Yeah. And so I was just like I was trying to look up the actual like um, federal government state of California. But there's so many sub like companies like. California State, blah blah blah. Oh, Cal- you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like that it was hard to um decipher through, but I did look up the Supreme Court, the federal Supreme Court, and they do have a Duns number, which means they have a credit score, which means they are a business. How is the Supreme Court a fucking business? Because the people are their commodity. Either way, proving more so that Karen did, in fact, know what she was talking about and maybe wasn't bullshitting. Oh, no. They wouldn't have fired her if she was bullshitting. So, according to Karen, the state of California, state of Nevada, state of Maryland, state of whatever, Mm -hmm. are all sub-corporations of the United States Corporation. It's like an umbrella company, like mm-hmm. like Procter and Gamble, who own Tide, Pampers, Gillette, basically half the household items we all have in our house right now. Yeah. So it's the United States, and then all these sub companies. Yeah. No, it's making it's making sense. Yeah. So the District of Columbia, otherwise known as D.C., Washington D.C., you know, like where the little White House is and the president and sitting all pretty. Sure. Sure. That that became a private business venture that was owned by the World Bank. This move was supposedly 100% influenced and backed by the Rothschild family in order to serve their own interests. 28 U.S. Code 3002 Section 15 says, quote unquote, United States, end quote, just United States yeah. quotes, yeah. means a federal corporation. This is verbatim from govinfo.com. 
it is actually written in the U.S. Code book. There, these are the laws and regulations that we have to adhere to right now, like mm-hmm. today. And right there in black and white, I read it for myself. You can too. It is saying that the United States is a federal corporation. It's like right there, all like buried in you know all these sections and codes yeah, and shit. Yeah, it's there. You just gotta find it. Yeah. And I never, I never would even think to even look up. Why to would even you think like yeah if this is even a thing? Yeah. And people who are not believing this conspiracy are saying that Karen Hughes was wrong about the word corporation, the meaning of it in 1871. And that they actually meant that it's any type of organization, not just in the business sense, but in meaning of any type of group of people that have come together, like a group club, like those types of organizations. Oh, like when you say something is incorporated. Except, yeah, incorporated's a fucking business. Yeah. So... Okay, that's all fine and dandy, but then why would they have to have the Reorganization Act of 1871? What the fuck are they reorganizing? Unless they're organizing the articles of the fucking corporation that they're making. Why would they even use the word corporation, organization, etc., etc.? Yeah, they're, they're rewriting it to suit their corporation. Okay, you ready for this one? Yeah. According to Karen Hudes. Every president since Grant have not been presidents, per se. Mm-hmm. They've been CEOs. <laughs> that would make sense if it's a corporation. Uh-huh. But we, we, you know, regular people down here and the general population, we're going to perceive them as, yeah, that's our president. We're voting for our president, but really but it's... president of the corporation? It's a CEO, mm-hmm. president of the corporation, yeah. The reason Karen Hudas wanted all this information to come to the surface is because, according to Karen, the World Bank is sitting on gold, a massive fucking amount of gold, and charging interest through taxes on the gold. But the gold is supposed to be our gold, the people's gold, not just United States gold, but like everybody in the world's gold. Mm -hmm. And the gold is sitting in bunkers banks, vaults, and secret places all over the world in various countries, including China, Philippines, UK, and the USA. Like, down below, like, in those secret areas, and we all know that there are secret bunkers that the government has. And so the the uh, United States Corporation is claiming all that gold as, as theirs? No. The world is claiming all the gold as theirs. This goes deeper. It's not just USA. Okay. It's the world has all this gold that they are charging every taxpayer in the world on. That's why she was conducting the audit on the Philippines. Oh, I see. Yeah. It's worldwide. Yeah. She's not just doing she this started for in America. The yeah. She's doing this for everybody in the world. This, okay, so pretty much what she's saying is that this would be like someone being an heir to a fortune, like, let's say um, their grandfather or whoever yeah. passed away and leaves a fortune and instead of the fortune going to straight to the heir there's a middleman and that handler is taking the money and not giving it to the heir then adding interest on top of that and holding it from the heir and the heir is having to pay taxes and interest and never seeing his money like just holding it mm-hmm. according to Karen all that gold came from the city of Solomon how City of Solomon. There you go. What year would have... That would have been so long ago. It was... Yeah, and it was passed to the Aztecs 
and Incas. Oh, fuck. And that's why it's the world's gold, not just ours. And then the Spanish, con- cons- oh my gosh, I can't say it right now. Conquistadors? Conquistadors. Stole it between World War One and World War Two. Uh, and then a German general told them that they would be better off if they gave him the gold. And in return... They're just re- trusting all these people with this fucking gold? Well, in return, they would receive a promissory note that would carry interest. At that time, the gold was worth about $210 trillion. Now, it should be worth quadrillions of dollars with the interest added to it. I, I can't even imagine quadrillion. Trillion is already, like, over my head. Quatri- quadrillion? Quadrillion? Uh-huh. And so, Karen Hudes, and so, the, like, wanted... So, the World Bank was supposed to be put there... So Karen, so not so Karen. <laughs> so Karen could come up. I wonder if that's why Karen became the name Karen, because the whistleblower act. That's about the time that Karen, you know, Karen. Oh, uh, when everyone started saying Karen, Karen don't be a Karen. Going to the, yeah, I never thought about oh that. My, well, no, you wouldn't, because you didn't know the story. I bet that's why. Holy fuck, go to the manager, Karen. Yes. Oh, oh they're gaslighting her. Oh fuck. I just thought of that right now. You got, like, the whole world gaslighter. Yeah. So, anyways, the World Bank was supposed to, like, help humanity in general. Yeah. And with money like that, I mean... They should. How many people are in the world and divide that? I can't even do the math. Like, everybody should have, like, (laughs) I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure that everybody should have a million (laughs) dollars. There should be no starving people. There should be nobody without health insurance. There should be nobody with, like, any problems. Yeah. Like, everybody should be taken care of in the world with this kind of fucking money, right? So that's what Karen Hudas was trying to bring to light. Like, Mm -hmm. there's all this shit. Okay. Ready for this one? Mm Mm-hmm. Wolfgang Strutt. That's a man. Wait, Wolfgang? Strutt. Strutt. Okay. Okay. He was a a signatory to the collateral accounts of the nations of the world. So he produced, so he he was the one that was like inventory, mm-hmm. pretty much inventory control of mm-hmm. all these bunkers and all this shit, of all this gold and all this bullshit that Damn. all the world's assets, okay, this one person has, has like the... Talk about top uh, security clearance. Right, like, I, mean, I don't even, I mean, like, that's pretty much like president of the world. Like, yeah. Like, fucking Jack on Titanic. I'm the king of the world! Well, this <laughs> motherfucker is the king of the world. Hell yeah, he's good to look at all that gold every day. Dude, no, but he only has paperwork. Anyways. I know, but still. So, he <laughs> produced a signed inventory page listing all sorts of gold and where it's located. Can we so, find that paper? <laughs> we, I have it. We're going to post it on media accounts. Let's go there and do a little field trip. Well, we don't know where it is, so it pretty much says... Bunker A, room two, but we don't know where anything is. Sure. And we don't know where the bunkers are in the world, but somewhere on earth there are quadrillions of dollars in gold just sitting. (gasps) Mm -hmm. You know what it makes me think of? Any kind of national treasure movie ever. Yeah, but it also makes me think of Antarctica and how nobody's allowed to go there. Mm -hmm. (gasps) Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> <laughs> what if? Yeah. They've been burying shit down there and they like made up stories about aliens and shit so nobody will go there. And that's why every part of the world has a stake in it. Right? You know where we're going. 
because you know they say that Antarctica is full of like um, minerals and different things that are like yeah in- minerals and gold they fucking yeah, put I there know, that's <laughs> what I'm saying we need to look more into Antarctica so I do have the signed inventory paper stating this and we're definitely gonna post it mm-hmm. I also have a picture of Wolfgang Strut and everything I wanna see all so, of it so yeah no I have it right here but it's, it's also I'll send it to you as well but look Oh. It literally has everything. Like, I'm showing her a paper right now. Oh, but it's yeah. in the Diacarta Tunnel number two. Certificate of inventory available of gold stocks and other precious and non-precious metals. There's so many. Uh-huh. I know. Gold, There's oil, King Solomon. Over 20. Over gold 30. sand, King Solomon. Gold dust, King Solomon. Gold granule, Philip H. PVM, three hundred fifty. But I don't know what any of this means. But yeah, well, like, we know what gold means. Gold, I like gold. gold, gold that's gold, why gold, I went gold, down to gold. Gold, 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 gold. Credit Swiss crown, one hundred twenty thousand pieces. Five crown, fifty six point two four kilograms. It's in a four by four by twelve inches. Whatever that is. Wow. Isn't that fucking insane? You know they have like probably and then there's the man. Gems. And this was signed by Wolfgang Wolfgangstra on July 21st, 2008. Wow, 2008. That wasn't that long ago, really. No, it really could all still be there. So, I'm sure it is. I uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um so anyways, Karen Hughes, what Hughes is, was trying to get the word out there that the World Bank is holding all of our money and charging us interest. She wants everyone to know that elite and wealthy control the world wealth, and those people want everyone to be in massive debt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that to makes sense. To control us, including yeah. the government. The yeah. elite, um, to control whomever is in office. The elite control whoever is in office, which may be why everyone was so against Trump. Mm-hmm. Because he was standing up to the elite, the Rothschilds, the people in charge. Like, everyone was so against Trump, and maybe that's why. Because he's like, fuck you. Like, I got I got my own money. I don't need to be bought or whatever. I'm not playing this shit. And then also because he, he was always calling out the media, too. And he was calling the out the elite. Media. And he was calling out everything. He was, yeah. he was, like, he was like a whistleblower. He was just yeah. calling shit out. Yeah. So she was viewing this as theft from the people of the world because they are charging us interest on our own money and the money needs to be returned to the people and used to benefit humanity. And this gold goes so deep that the Vatican is involved and many other major bankers know about this. In fact, of course, yeah. Suddenly, many major bankers started killing themselves all at once. Yeah, right, killing themselves. 40 of them, in fact. Sure, yeah. Was it suicide or was it murder? I'm pretty sure it was fucking because murder. Because they were going to come out with the truth and they knew too much. And or they knew too much. I, I highly know. doubt that they all committed suicide. So what's interesting is that a year after the Whistleblower Act went into effect, that's when all the bankers with higher up positions started offing themselves. 40 in the course of 17 months between March 13th and September 2014. And you're talking about all across the world? Mm-hmm. And these were people with high-ranking positions within the bank that maybe knew a little too much. David Rossi was the beginning. He committed suicide on March 6, 2013. However, there are cameras that show two dark, tall men 
so like shadows because it was nighttime. Yeah. That walked up to his body after he quote unquote fell mm-hmm. from a through his third story office. Mm. Just slipped. They just he just fell out or yeah. you know suicide because that's he jumped normal. Out. That's normal. And they those two men did not provide no aid. They just looked at him and like was like cool and walked away. Didn't even call 911 or anything? No, it would be one of his workers that called 911 over an <laughs> hour later. Oh, sure. When he was found. And he was the communications director at the Monte de Pashi de Siena, which is the world's oldest bank. Where was this located? Um, I think in, like, in Rome or, Ital- like, Italy. Like, oh, yeah. No, I had it and I didn't write it down. No, that's okay. okay. I just didn't know if you said yeah. it and I didn't hear you. No. But he was one of the, in mm-hmm. one of the oldest banks in the world. And then William Brooksmith, a high-ranking Deutsche Bank executive, was found hanging at his home by a dog leash in the hallway. Aww. Right at the entryway on January 2014. Gabriel McGee, vice president in the IT division at J.P. Morgan, found dead January 2014. Kenneth Ballando, the associate at Levi Capital Partners, um, but his previous job was at J.P. Morgan, found dead March 2014. Colagrero Gambino, a Deutsche Bank lawyer, found October 2014. I'm not going to name them all. Yeah, but, but these are the those prominent are just a few. Ones, yeah. I mean, I don't even know if they're the prominent ones. They're just, just a few. Yeah. Um. All of them committed. Commit. All of them committed suicide, and they all knew too much. Hmm. I don't think they all commuted, committed suicide. Committed. I, mean, all I, know, I know. Committed. I mean, what are the odds that that many people will commit suicide with the same similar profession, knowing the same information or similar mm-hmm. information? It just right doesn't after add the up. whistleblower act. It doesn't add up, no. So why wasn't Karen Hughes targeted? Well, she died recently, right? Maybe she was. No, she was already 70-something. She was not, and she did so many interviews. Oh. I'm going to say that it's maybe because everyone thought she was crazy, and if she had committed quote-unquote suicide, it would be too much of a coincidence and raise some eyebrows. But, you know, offing different people all across the world, nobody would really notice too much. Well, the thing is, her name is all over the media at this point, and people know about her. She's doing interviews and stuff. These people that work in the banks, people don't know who no, they are. No, they don't know who they are. They're not going to even notice if they if they are dead for whatever the circumstances are. I mean, yeah, they're family and loved ones, of but course. not like the general population. No. Yeah. It's not going to make the news. Well, I mean, I I mean, it did eventually, some, but, I'm some, saying, but like, nobody connected all the dots yeah, like they should yeah, have. Yeah. Um. But then again, we saw what happened to Jeffrey I, I, Epstein. Oh yeah. Is suicide or hanging? Mm, I think they offed him because they didn't want the list to come out. Exactly. I think deep down we all know that we are all puppets falling right into the trap of who um, whomever is in control. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the Rothschild, the government, the World Bank, or some other rich entity. What are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm quiet. Um, my thoughts are that um, we need to look into more about these bunkers and where they're located because oh. I need some of that gold. Really quick. <laughs> I was saying Wolfgang Strut this whole time. Yeah. And it's actually struck, like S-T-R-U-C-K. Oh, struck. So, struck. struck. Okay. Wolfgang struck. So okay. I'm sorry about that. Um, yeah. It should not have been strut. I'm just looking at that right now, and it is actually struck. 
I mean, like they say that she is like a conspiracy, and it's like, like it's not real. We're gonna post a picture yeah. of Wolfgang Struck with um, his his inventory list as well as a picture of him with the inventory list. You know what? I saw a thing that kind of goes about with it with with all of this and I don't know a lot of information about it, so I'm just going to say quickly what I recently saw on on the internet had to do with our social security numbers. Mhm. And that our social security number is actually either a bank account number or a routing number to a specific bank somewhere in the world and that we have like a million or two million dollars in that account. But if you try to access that money, you have to do it the right way and there is ways to do it. And up until I think 2000, like I said, I just saw this recently, I think 2014 or 15, you could access the money, but the government would make you pay it back somehow and now it's to the point where like you can't even access it what yeah so we'll have to like look into that more yeah maybe for a part two or something but i don't like i said i just saw a short you know how like youtube has youtube shorts yeah okay i saw a little literally like 30 second somebody speaking about it and like a ted talk or something that's so insane so the social security number is either a routing number or a bank number associated to a bank and when you're born you're automatically given like you're and that's how the government makes money off of you like we are the commodity i've actually heard about that yeah that's how by the social security number somehow they make money they make money off of you because they put that money you have that money in the account maybe they're using this gold that they have hidden to back Mm -hmm. it and then um so these are you said what are your thoughts these are my thoughts this is where my brain went right now and, and that um, they, what they do is like when someone is born and you get a social security number for your child, that number then is put to that bank and then they borrow against that money that they put in there for you and they invest it different places and stuff, but you can never actually access it. But some people have accessed it in the past, but they've had to either pay it back or they've been like, almost killed. imprisoned or like you will get killed like yeah there's like there's there's we gotta look more into it but that's where my brain went it's just the thing I that saw conspiracy. about the whole social yeah. security number and all of that yeah. well you know what whenever I had Max and I wish that I had never done it and I don't remember them doing it to any of the other children what um, they they pricked his foot and they couldn't because Max so I so Max had a really hard like birth and he was super um tall skinny it was just it was it wasn't okay um and he wasn't feeding right and he just had some issues anyways i just remember this with max it was so like devastating because they kept cutting his foot to get blood to put on a piece of paper and they needed enough blood to put on this like test paper thing for the state of california for and his DNA? Or? I think so. So now they have like a DNA log of all the children that are born, maybe? As of 2016, I think so. So they and can keep you in the database in case in the future you do crime or something? I don't know, but... I'm br- guessing. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, I don't know. But Brad was like... Because Br- Brad wasn't there when they did that. But I just remember them... And like for like two weeks after, he had three slits on his... They used like a slits? razor blade. Because they used like a razor blade. I thought that like it was like a little... No, it was on his um it was on his foot, but they couldn't get it because he didn't have like enough blood because he wasn't like eating properly. Like 
That so seems my, strange. So Max was born at eight pounds, three ounces, and by the time he was two weeks old, he went down to um, five pounds. Oh, okay. I was going to say eight pounds 20, is decent. Like, yeah, that's a good, healthy He baby. was um, 22 inches when he was born. So he's so tall. He was super tall, and then he went super skinny. Like, his little thing, his, like, legs, he looked like a little, like, Ethiopian, like, little like tiny, little like, nothing. Maybe. Like, he wasn't preemie clothes for a while, yeah. um, for a few weeks, because I was trying to breastfeed him, and I didn't have enough, like, nutrients. Like, I was producing, because I, I got, like, a lactate counselor, like, my oh, personal yeah. lactate person. Yeah. Like, did all the stuff. Brad's making me, like, lactation cookies and shit nice. to produce oh, everything. Oh, wow, that's good. Yeah, we were trying everything. That's awesome. Um, but my but the milk what it, it was the volume was there but there was no yeah like um, nutritional value in it so he was literally like not okay maybe and you didn't produce enough what's it called colostrum colostrum no that's colostrum? in the first few days oh. this is like two like I'm trying to is, remember yeah, the term colostrum, colostrum. something yeah yeah something like that but anyways so I think that's why they couldn't like get enough like blood because they didn't have enough water or something in well him. yeah because like, it's just like if you and i go to get our blood taken and if we're dehydrated they can't get anything from yeah it vein. was like that yeah but it was like yeah i just remember his poor little foot so th- i wonder if they did that maybe they did that to get his blood type no because they needed it there was different squares on this yellow piece of paper and they needed all 12 squares filled of squares. Yeah. I don't remember my children doing that, but my children are now 14 and I don't almost remember 16, the other two so I don't either. remember. I don't remember the other two either, and I don't know if I declined and said no, because Brad was super pissed that I got that done. Like, he was like, why'd you let them do that? And I was like, well, fuck, you weren't here. Like, I don't fucking know. I'm, I'm in the hospital. I just had a C-section for the first time. I was in labor for three days and had an emergency C-section. Yeah, Leave you me didn't. the fuck alone. Well, that's the thing, too, is like, you know, you're, you're vulnerable. You're in a very vulnerable state. Yeah, and it's it's very easy for you to say yeah sure because you you don't even really realize what you're consenting to and exactly. that's why they should definitely have another person in the room with yes. you yes like another a, like an adult yeah, that you trust your exactly. own mother or father yeah somebody the child's that can grandparent help or represent some sort you or something because yeah as fucked up yeah, as I was it wasn't okay yeah they, I don't think that they should let the mother consent like that especially if you're on any drugs okay like you had a C-section oh, yeah. I'm sure you were on some fucking good drugs oh my god i mean they basically you had a c-section you're gonna be on something good they can't ask you to sign shit when you're high yeah no and i already i no, but that's fucked up so i went in on a friday and he was born on monday so they induced me on friday i was in labor for three days with with epidurals and shit being pumped into me yeah i know no. Like, I am not, not okay. in my sane mind. <laughs> like, at all. So, anyways. All right, what do you guys all think about the World Bank? And do you think Karen Huda's was full of shit? Do you think there is a bunker full of gold somewhere? Do you think the government has lied to us all? And we all are. We are. We are all entitled to a million dollars each to save humanity. Or do you think it's all just bullshit? Well, let us know what you think because we really want to know. And if you have any additional information on this, let us know also because um, we want to stay up to date on everything that we post. All, all of it. Yeah. All of it. All so, of it. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. And don't forget to share, like, subscribe, follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and listen to us where you listen to all your favorite podcasts. 
拜。Bye